I grant you that there are many surprising and improbable events in the Torah. But I'm going to read you one that we have in Parshat Bo that is not normally commented on that seems to me at least as surprising as anything else, as surprising as splitting a sea, as surprising as God coming down at Sinai. This is what it says. And the Lord said to Moses, this is chapter 11, for those of you who want to go back afterwards and check me. I will bring but one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt, and after that he'll let you go. And when he lets you go, he'll drive you out. All makes sense. So far, not surprising. Tell the people to ask each from his neighbor and each woman from hers objects of silver and gold. Not surprising, right? Why shouldn't they get something on their way out? Here's the part that is shocking. The Lord disposed the Egyptians favorably toward the people. Moreover, Moses himself was much esteemed in the land of Egypt among Pharaoh's courtiers and among the people. Can you imagine the Israelites liking, I mean, the Egyptians liking the Israelites? First of all, they were their slaves. And then they have been now through nine plagues. How could they like Moses? What does that mean Moses was much esteemed? Moses must have been hated. How could the Egyptians possibly feel kindly towards the Israelites who had caused them so much grief? I mean, remember, the plagues were not easy. Blood, frogs, vermin, beasts, cattle disease, boils, hail, locusts, darkness. Oh, I like these people. They're lovely to have. Please come back sometime. That's shocking. And really, there's no explanation. It doesn't even say, although it says that God disposed them favorably, it doesn't say that about Moses. It just says Moses was much esteemed. And interestingly, by the way, it says among the people and Pharaoh's courtiers. It never says Pharaoh liked him very much, which I think is unsurprising. Pharaoh must have hated Moses. Samson Raphael Hirsch has a wonderful theory, a theory I like very much, although it's not my theory, and I'm going to give you a different one. But he says, the reason that the Egyptians were willing to give the Israelites all these goods on their way out, because remember, among other things, you can't build a golden calf if you don't have some gold, right? And the Israelites didn't have any, so they must have built it from what they got from the Egyptians. But what Hirsch says is the last plague, remember, was darkness, choshech. And the Israelites could have snuck into all the Egyptians' houses and taken whatever they wanted because the Israelites didn't experience darkness. Only the Egyptians did. But they didn't, and the Egyptians knew that, so they esteemed them for it, which is a very ingenious and nice explanation. You might ask, by the way, and I hope that you will, although I'm not going to give you the answer, you might ask, if it was dark for the Egyptians, why didn't they just light a fire? Right? It's the only plague that can be cured, if you think about it. You can't do anything about hail falling from the skies. You can't do anything about frogs emerging from the Nile. But you can do something about darkness. You just light a fire. 
It's a great question, has a wonderful answer. And those of you who are interested in the answer can go to the Jerusalem Post website and read my weekly Torah column where I give the answer to that question, but I'm not gonna give it to you now because that way you have to read the weekly Torah column in the Jerusalem Post. Instead, I'm gonna try to answer why the Egyptians like the Israelites. At least a proposal. I'm going to assume that there is a break in time between the two sentences. That is, tell the people to borrow each from his neighbor and each woman from hers objects of silver and gold. And then Moses goes and does it. And then the Israelites do it. And then it says that the Egyptians looked at them favorably. We tend to despise people who are so weak that they can't stand up for themselves. This is a well-known psychological phenomenon. Owners come to despise their slaves. Why? Because the slaves are weak. And we tend to esteem people who stand up for themselves, even if we don't like it. We can now understand if that psychological mechanism is working, why it is that the Egyptians esteemed Moses. Actually, the Hebrew is Ha'ish Moshe Gadol Ma'od Be'eretz Mitzrayim. He was very big in Egypt. And it doesn't mean like he had a lot of Instagram followers. He wasn't big that way. He was, in fact, a formidable figure because Moshe did not have the disposition of a slave. He had the disposition of a free person, and he stood before Pharaoh, and he had the courage of his convictions. The Israelites didn't until this moment. Up to now, all the plagues came from God. The, Egypt, the Israelites didn't do it. The Israelites didn't summon the frogs. Moshe and Aharon did, but the Israelites didn't. The Israelites didn't bring hail from the sky. It doesn't say that the Egyptians liked God. My guess is they didn't. But once your former slave comes and says, look, I've worked for you and my father and my grandfather and my mother and my grandmother, I want something from you back. That's a person you can respect. And this was the first chance that the Israelites actually had to assert themselves and gain respect was this moment when they went to the Egyptians and said, the Hebrew word is vayish alu, they asked them, now we're leaving, give us something for everything we have done for you. It's a really important lesson buried in a very parenthetical comment. But if you ask yourself why the Egyptians esteemed them, it makes perfect sense to for the comment to come here, they esteemed them right after the Israelites stood up for themselves. I think this is an important lesson from Jewish history. That in fact, when Jews have been too retiring, too meek, too self-effacing, too quiet, it hasn't gotten the acceptance and the respect of the society around them. And even though sometimes people don't like it when Jews are too demanding, too loud, too proud, too self-regarding, in those societies where that has been the case, we have gotten the esteem, if not always the liking, 
of people around us. The modern state of Israel has the esteem of its neighbors, even when they don't like it. So here is an important lesson that comes both from Jewish history and also, of course, as most lessons in Jewish history, right from the Torah. Moses and the children of Israel became greater when they became more of themselves. And this is why, as some of you have noticed before, when you say a blessing, you say Baruch Atah, and then when you say God's name, what do you do? You stand up straight. Because you are supposed to stand before God as you stand before other people. That is, in the fullness of your character and in the confidence of your soul. So with that, the Israelites are ready to leave Egypt and celebrate the Passover. And in about two months, so will we. Shabbat Shalom.